Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I love this show and the citizens of Perfectville. Uh, welcome to Perfectville. I am Sam Marcu. He is Chris Colin. This is the first place podcast of your Miami Dolphins. And Chris, um, my gosh, T.R. Sears, <laughs> our friend, <laughs> our friend from the last episode, episode 101, uh, part one of the draft math. By the way, this is part two of the draft math. Uh, we're going to go through the tail end of the draft as well as all the undrafted free agents for the Miami Dolphins and some of the news that's come out since the draft has occurred. Uh, our good buddy, T.R. Sears, um, kind of got roasted here a little bit. I think we have ourselves a good old fashioned uh, citizen fight here in Ooh. Perfectville, and uh, we're going to start with the customer reviews on Apple Podcast. used to be known as iTunes. As we always talk about, if you give us a five-star rating and a review, you qualify for an Aronde Baxton Sip Sack Koozie. Uh, let's start with the first one here. By the way, Chris, how are you doing? Oh, oh uh, great. Two-time Hall of Famer Chris here. Uh, two-time Hall of Famer. You know, eventually I'm, it's going to sink in. I'm actually going to It'll call stick. It. It'll stick soon. It'll eventually here. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, this comes from Finsler. Finsler. Uh, and he says, five stars, best tongue-in-cheek Dolphins podcast, which almost sounds like a Finzy, uh, yeah. you know, award. But uh, if so, we would win. It says, love what you guys do. It's always fun to listen, but still gives me my fix for Dolphins analysis. Keep up the good work. F the Jets. F Blomar. And most importantly, F TR Sears. Whoa. I, I need an Aronde Baxton. You guys are great. So, uh, Finsler, you get two because that was hilarious. I was about to say that. We sent them two. One for TR Sears for uh, giving us three stars but shitting on us. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, plus in honor of you being a two-time Hall of Famer, we're giving out double koozies here to Finsler. So that's the first part of this. Uh, this is my entertainment for the week, folks. So Finsler sends that out. He blasts Hold on, Mark. Let me, let me give everybody a little bit of taste of the behind the scenes of, of Perfectville, if I could, Sam. Sure. Um, Sam texted me earlier today, and it's a pair. Paragraph. And normally Sam's a one-sentence one guy. Uh, we both are to each other. It's just kind of like, hey, can you do a show? Yeah, cool. Let's do nine. Fine. That's <laughs> it. Um, Sam sends me a paragraph, and he's like, whoa, <laughs> we've got some reviews shitting on T.R. Sears. This has been the greatest thing that's happened to me all week. So when he says this, it's not tongue-in-cheek if I can take Finsler's uh, review there and use it, but uh, this really gets uh, our tickles our fancy, Sam and I, and, and it's just great to see this. It's so funny. Oh, uh, you know, I look, I took the weekend off from comedy. I didn't have my kid in town. I didn't do jack shit this past weekend other than just kind of hang out. Uh, so this made my day and when I saw this, and I was like, oh, my God, I have to tell somebody. So, of course, I'm going to call Chris or text Chris in this manner and let him know. So we have the first one from Finsler, okay? That happens on May 6th. Uh, May 7th, we have a retort from Mr. T.R. Sears himself, uh, who still has it at three stars, but he's updated his review. So I'm going to read the original review, and then I'm going to read the update. And look, nice. this this Civil War, you know, screw Marvel, screw DC. This is the Civil War that that is capturing America's heart right now. The unrest <laughs> inside of Perfectville with their citizens. So the original review from T.R. Sears. There is as much temps, attempts to be humorous as there is talk about football. The Finzies episode was on the verge of horrible. There is some good stuff in here from time to time, but you have to put up with the sideshow to get any good information. It's probably about as twice as long as it needs to be. That was the original, and we kind of agreed. We're like, well, yeah, the Finzies, yeah. that's your first episode. It was hell of long. It's not like that. Most of our shows are like 30 to 45 minutes. And, uh, yeah, we try to be humorous as we talk about the Dolphins. So, Clearly, T.R. Sears got it, just didn't really like the show. And we were kind of questioning, well, why would you give three stars and listen to the entire podcast if you didn't really like it? Well, flash forward to May 7th, the day after Finsler gave us that scathing review of the Jets, Omar <laughs> Kelly, and T.R. Sears. And it says, update, in quote, and then in parentheses, after being called a douche, haha, which was actually from Chris Cullen. Yikes. Kudos to you all for commenting. Three stars means it's okay. One star would be if you were horrible and no one should listen. Five stars means it's great if you don't, uh, and if you don't listen, you're an idiot. Three means I'll keep listening and hope that your comedy classes pan out. <laughs> <laughs> 
The drafter math was be- was much better. It didn't take me the better part of a week to listen to to it, and there was some good info. Just like the Dolphins, you are stuck in mediocrity right now, but I have hopes that you'll make a push towards good in the near future. Fantastic. I, I, hey, so Sam, <laughs> Sam told me not to read the uh, response, the edit, the update from TR Sears. I got to say, uh, fucking – I literally just burst out laughing, as you can hear. That was – Fucking hilarious. Uh, great burn. <laughs> the comedy classes pay off by then. I'm glad you're sticking around for the long haul. We'll take your three stars, sir, and uh, Sears, sir. And I um, <laughs> hope we get funnier for you. That is hilarious. Is it weird that the guy who gave us the worst review in the history of the show is the guy I want to hang out with the most? Like, exactly. He's kind <laughs> he's of... not just kissing our ass for sip sack. He actually wants... I mean, he obviously had a graded scale of what these stars mean. I guess he works for Apple Podcasts and and um, d- d- dilutes what each star means and the categories that each podcast should be in. So after he actually broke it down, three sounds about right for us, Sam. So <laughs> I'm glad he gave it to us a little bit honestly, but that was fucking hilarious. I feel like I should send him a Sipsack koozie, but rip like 40% of it off the top and just send Maybe him like send a, a Sipsack douchebag. Oh, look at that. <laughs> look at that. We have a war, ladies and gentlemen, between Chris Cullen, Finsler, and T.R. Sears. A it's uh, it's sack. Up- koozie <laughs> <laughs> well if we couldn't call it a ronde bagston if it was going to be a douchebag instead of a sip sack uh it would have to be like a like a cutler bag you know a jay cutler or something yeah. along those lines yeah yeah well Tommy, I, off. I uh i appreciate this this is great i, I you know i i'd like the five stars but now i kind of just want to see all of our listeners fight with one another that's like my new thing now well, and as you know, if you've listened to the show from early on, and Sam, I know you know, uh, I started in radio as interning for Dan Lebetard's show. He uh, is vehemently against any kind of um, good jobs and well dones. He doesn't want to hear it. He knows you don't mean it. It's so much bullshit. He used to hang up on callers. If they started a show with a pleasantry, he would hang up on you and, and drop the suey thing. So, I mean, it, it just it's just funny. that That is right up our alley for comedy, and I love it, the self-deprivation uh, humor side of things. So, T.R. Sears, I retract the douchebag, and uh, like Sam said, I would like to have a beer with this guy. <laughs> if he's ever going to one of the way games we're going to, Jesus Christ, let's, uh, let's, let's get, drop some pints. That sounds great. I feel like we'd go to a restaurant with this guy, though, and he would just start commentating on how the beer's too warm, it's too flat. You know, this Alfredo's pe- three stars. <laughs> Do you know what that means in the dining world? It means you should finish your meal, but you shouldn't order seconds. Yeah, absolutely. TR I'm going to keep Sears. coming to eat here. Just hopefully their cooking classes pay off. <laughs> I just want to fi- I want to know what else TR Sears reviews. Like, I just want to know uh, this guy or gal could be a gal. And yeah, I never really thought about that. But, uh, he or she a serial reviewist? Uh, might be. Here it is. Maybe that's what it means for. But anyway, uh, we are digressing. This is the Drafter Math Part 2. We've got the tail end of the draft. We took us, I think, on uh, episode one here, right, Chris, part one. We got all the way through Kalen Ballage, if I'm not mistaken, the running back that we took yeah. uh, with the Jay Ajayi pick that we traded for, <laughs> uh, which puts us into round six. And Cornell Armstrong, defensive back out of Southern Miss. And uh, what's interesting about this pick, Chris, and we talked about uh, on on part one, the big schools, the big name schools that Adam Gase and company seem to draft through, whether it's Penn State, Notre Dame, Ohio State, et cetera, et cetera. Well, Cornell Armstrong actually breaks a trend for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, he was a sixth-round pick, 209 overall. Uh, he's a defensive back, kind of short. But what's interesting is that he is the first pick in the Adam Gase regime that was not from a Power 5 conference, huh. um, which is really interesting because, as you'd mentioned, we, we seem to be drafting folks that could help us right away. And this pick in particular, Cornell Armstrong, seems to fly in the face of that logic, uh, which is interesting to me because what do they see in this kid that uh, others don't if they have broken the trend of picking from a Power 5 conference and also get a guy who may not, let's be honest, see the field too often on defense here in 2018, 2019? Uh, where do you see this kid fitting in, if at all, Chris, in our now all of a sudden crowded defensive backfield? I, I like the kid. Um, I, I know he comes from a small school, but I hate uh, bucking that because a lot of guys have. A lot of guys have been drafted later um, in in draft rounds, and they put a chip on their shoulder, and they do things uh, that are uh, far exceeding what we expect. Um, According to Pro Football Focus, Armstrong allowed opposing quarterbacks 52.5 passer rating in 2017 when throwing into his coverage area. Uh, According to PFF, he also allowed 17 receptions on 46 targets. 
That's only like a 37% catch percentage. So, um, I mean, this guy's got some coverage skills. We see something in him late in the draft where we feel like there could be a boom or bust. We lost Michael Thomas. Um, there's some guys with contract years coming up. If he has a chip on his shoulder, I've been following him on social media, Sam. He He's excited. He's pumped to be a Dolphin. He's retweeting a lot of his teammates that are uh, really just going to bat for him and saying that this guy is a steal. The Dolphins got a real home run with this kid. Um, they might be a little biased because they're former teammates, but you know when you, when they you come out and put your neck out like that on social media, where it never goes away, and you defend a teammate like that, I, I like him. I'm excited to see what he can do. If he can help on special teams, man, this could be a steal, and he can help us for a long time. And Sam, we have another former great Miami Dolphin corner that went to the same school. Can you name him? Uh, I cannot. I'm terrible at this game, and I hate that you called me out for my ignorance for my own Miami Dolphins. No problem. And it, I, I found out eight seconds ago when I Googled it. Uh, <laughs> but it is uh, Patrick Sertan. He went to uh, Southern Mississippi or Memphis, wherever he went, that school. Southern Miss. Yeah, Southern Mississippi. I was right the first time. Southern Mississippi, that is Patrick Sertan's alma mater. He probably really? loves his pick. Yep. I did not know that. That's uh, that is very good knowledge right there. Thank you, Internet and Chris Cullen for uh, giving us that. You know, that does make me feel a little bit better for some odd reason. Not sure why. Um, but here's the thing. You know, this is the first pick, you know, uh, gosh, Jerome Baker, when we picked him, I was like, oh, that's not who we expected. And when I did the research, I went, you know, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm now on board with it. This is the first pick that even now a week removed, I'm kind of going, man, I don't know if this is the right guy for us. I, I feel like we could have picked somewhere else or somebody else in this pick. Uh, I just don't see him helping us in 2018. And this team is built short term in many ways, 2018, 2019 to win. But you did mention a couple things that I think do make sense. Um, number one, uh, you mentioned Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas yeah. was a special team standout for us here for the Miami Dolphins. He's now with the New York Giants. So we do have a need for somebody to step up on special teams and be that guy that can do everything on both return and uh, and uh, you know blocking of punts and kickoffs. Uh, so he's going to have to stand out there, I think, to get any run here in 2018. Number two, as somebody pointed out on Twitter to me, uh, Bobby McCain, our nickel cornerback, is a free agent after this year. Mm. So this could be a, a case of us trying to just kind of stock the cupboards, knowing that, hey, we're probably not going to pay Bobby McCain next year when he is looking for a big contract. So maybe this is the kid who's almost going to redshirt in a way, um, learn the nickel position, play the nickel position primarily for the Miami Dolphins, and be that guy that they look to next year. Uh, to kind of replace Bobby McCain on some level. Um, he does pattern his game. He likens his game to, uh, are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Brent Brent Grimes, which, Ooh. look, if he plays like Brent Grimes in his prime, great. If he acts like Brent Grimes and Miko Grimes, not so great. So uh, as a Miami Dolphins fan, you know that's uh, it's kind of a double-edged sword when you start putting yourself in the same category as Brent Grimes. But uh, we'll see how he, how he pans out for sure. Yeah, it's one of those guys. It's six round pick. I mean, it's not like we're asking him to go out and That's be, true. Uh, you know, Patrick Peterson or Eric Berry or Richard Sherman right off the bat. So if he can come in, uh, we got a young guy in Tankersley that still is very much proving himself on the other side of Xavier Howard. You mentioned McCain. Um, we're getting Tony Lippett back, and of course we drafted Minka Fitzpatrick. So as of now, we have a really deep athletic defensive backfield and it's been a long time since we've been able to say that so if this guy can come in and help on special teams and have a chip on his shoulder and maybe help us down the line where we don't have to pay a lot of money for a guy like McCain and he can fill in right off the bat um, it's a steal in the sixth round if that's the case well and who knows with Tony Lippett as well coming off an Achilles tear I mean that's uh that's a guy who was just starting to pick it up as a defensive back you know wide receiver in college and uh we have high hopes for Tony Lippett we root for him we love Tony Lippett here on the show uh but you never know where he's going to be uh, whether it's physically or mentally when it comes to that injury and if he's going to trust himself or his body will trust himself uh, to come back if he can have that athleticism. So, you know, maybe it does make sense, like I said, to have somebody on the on the back end of this draft that you can put in there and say, hey, no harm, no foul, high ceiling, uh, low risk, low, you know, high reward type thing. Uh, moving on, there is a guy that I do like. Uh, I love his name. I love uh, I love his social media presence. He seems to have mm-hmm. uh, just a joy about himself of being with the Miami Dolphins. It's another Ohio linebacker, Chris, but this one is not Ohio State. This is just Ohio. Uh, Mr. Quentin Poling, linebacker in the uh, seventh round. Um, 
I just like this kid's attitude. This is a guy who seems to be happy to be there. Seems like he's going to play his heart out. One of those guys that you root for as a fan. You go, that's the guy that I think most fans envision themselves to be. Maybe not the most athletic guy. uh, Maybe not the biggest guy. But a guy that, if you were given the opportunity, would play his heart out. Very Rudy-esque, this guy seems to be. Um, He is an Ohio linebacker, not Ohio State. So he's going to have to learn to get along with Jerome Baker and Raekwon McMillan. Uh, But if he can make this team, again, he's going to have to do it on special teams. But if he can make this team, uh, he's going to be a guy that I think a lot of folks are rooting for down the road. Yeah, it's, it's a guy that everybody falls in love with, um, like the Mike Holes. Uh, the yep. what, What's the guy we got from um, with, with Mike Hole? I forgot who – he was a Texas Christian or Texas Tech linebacker. I think he was starting for some random team now. Um, we also have the guy from Iowa, uh, A.J. Eads. I mean somebody like that that like is kind of a mid to late round linebacker that can help us on special teams, maybe fill in um, appropriately if we need him to, like a Chase Allen or something like that if there's injuries. So uh, I think the coolest thing with this guy is following him on social media like you alluded to, seeing how excited he is to be a Miami Dolphin. He's tweeting videos of him being in Miami on vacation and how he's been here before and he loved it. And he's just super excited. So uh, sign me up. Sign me up as a fan. I'm rooting for him in the preseason and to see what he can do with the late round guys and see if he can help us. Hey, he's definitely got a linebacker name. You know, I always thought the best linebacker name out there was Bryce Pop. I just loved it because it's kind of like the sound you make when you hit somebody is that pop, even though it's spelled differently. Uh, we have some killer names. You know, it's something you and I talked about off the air before here, Chris. Yeah. But this draft produced some of the best names <laughs> that you can possibly have between Quentin Poling, uh, Kalen Ballage. Then you also have Mike Jacecki and Minka Fitzpatrick. These are some stand, you know, outstanding football names, in my opinion. Oh, great names. And uh, it's one of those things, uh, again, going back to me working on the Dan Lebertard show, we'd probably make an entire episode just based on the cool names that we have on our roster, uh, bringing in the older guys like Wake um, and, uh, you know, Rashad Jones. That's such a crazy name. Uh, <laughs> seriously, but Nandamakin Sue, when we had him, of course, fit that bill. So uh, it's it just this whole draft pick, just draft class from top to bottom, uh, most of them have crazy or just funny, different, not your standard Tom Jones names. Yeah, yeah, we say that we even, th- you know, Durham Smythe, you know, we even have the right. English English version of Smith in there, which is uh, fantastic. But you're right, most, not all, because we are going to get to the last pick of the Miami Dolphins draft. <laughs> and that is, of course, the most basic milk toast name ever. And of course, he's a kicker. Uh, we're talking about, of course, Mr. Jason Sanders, who I believe is the name of my accountant and my road manager when I'm on the tour uh, on tour for comedy. <laughs> Jason Sanders. I mean, talk about not standing out in a crowd. What? Jason Sanders does not fit the bill. Uh, he's a former Lobo, a New Mexico kicker. Uh, I, not very accurate, but seems to have a strong leg, uh, which, uh, look, I don't know what's better. If you have to pick one or the other, do you want somebody who's accurate or do you want somebody who can potentially kick the ball 65 yards and win a game uh, without having to score a touchdown? I'm not sure. Obviously, the best of both worlds would be best, but I don't know if we have that with Jason Sanders. Uh, what are your thoughts on drafting a kicker uh, just in general? Granted, it was a late seventh round pick. Uh, I'm OK with that. Um, what are your thoughts on Jason Sanders, Chris? Well, two things. One is uh, I find it very odd that we passed on the kid from Florida. Yeah, um, They were doing national coverage on him on Good Morning Football before the uh, third day of the draft. Uh, they had been talking about him a lot. I know Darren Rizzi uh, met with him personally, one of our local visits, or 30 that we get. Um, it, it's odd to me that we passed on him. I don't know if Darren Rizzi saw something or found something that he just didn't click for him. Maybe his coaching style or uh, the way he takes to coaching maybe didn't fit his uh, style of what he wanted to bring in. As we all know, we needed a kicker. We have none as we lost Cody Parkey to the Chicago Bears. Um, but one thing, Sam, you asked, what, what, what's more important, power or, or accuracy? And I go back to Blair Walsh, Walsh, who was the Minnesota Vikings kicker. And before Justin Tucker really was one of the well-known better kickers in the league. And he went out there and missed a game-winning field goal against the Seahawks in the playoffs from like five yards away. I mean, like literally it was like on the five-yard line, can't miss it. Um, and I'm going to boil this down to two things. Accuracy is very important, of course, but so is big game moments. Mm-hmm. And when you play at New Mexico for the Lobos, as opposed to the Florida Gators in the swamp with six, you know, six figures of uh, 
of fans there, uh, you know, 100,000 fans, if I should say. Um, they're in the swamp cheering, or you're going to Georgia, to Alabama, to Tennessee, these huge stadiums, uh, high-pressure games where national championships and playoff opportunities are on the line, and he's making kicks and nailing them. Um, I don't know. Like, it, it, is the New Mexico Lobo kicker going to go out there? When we're playing the Patriots on the playoff games on the line, he has to make a 45-yarder. Not a chip shot, but not a hard kick. Is he going to have the uh, the ice in his veins to do it? I, I guess I trust Darren Rizzi that made the right decision. But, man, I don't know about passing on the Florida kicker for him. What, what say you? Yeah, I mean, I, I, look, I'm a Florida Gator fan, so all you, you and people can shove it. But Eddie Pinheiro was a guy that I was rooting for. But the last time we got a, pick a kicker out of Florida, his name was Caleb Sturgis. Caleb Sturgis. And he was not good for us. Now, granted, you know, you look forward, and I believe he's actually got a, a Super Bowl ring now, but that's not the point. I mean, the point is, I, I think at this we have shown that we like big conference game or big conference teams and players that came through a big conference. And Eddie Pinero was there, uh, but you know we're not the only team that passed on him through seven rounds. Every other team did as well. He actually signed as an undrafted free agent with the Raiders, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So it, look, there's something with Eddie Pinero's game that no one liked, at least not enough to draft. Um, but. You know, look, Jason Sanders isn't our kicker necessarily. He's going to have competition because, again, he was a late-round draft pick. In fact, he was our last draft pick here in 2018, uh, but he wasn't the last person to come onto the Miami Dolphins. He wasn't even the last kicker to come onto the Miami Dolphins because as soon as the draft ends, Chris, you know exactly what happens. Everyone gets on the phone, even before the draft is over, gets on the phones and starts calling all these rookies that they think are not going to be drafted and say, hey, uh, if and when you don't get drafted, sign with us. And kind of that free agent frenzy of undrafted rookie free agents happens the second the draft ends. And the Miami Dolphins wasted no time in adding another kicker through the undrafted free agency process and Mr. Greg Joseph, yet another just basic bland name for a kicker <laughs> um, out of FAU. So he signs with the Dolphins as well. And we now have ourselves, much like the citizens of Perfectville fighting amongst themselves, we now have ourselves a kicking competition between Greg Joseph and Jason and Sanders. Yeah, um, I don't know if it's FAU or FIU. Uh, I don't think it matters um, because it's the same thing. New Mexico, FA, FIU. I mean, standard name. The competitions between two guys, hopefully. And, and this is where I don't want to be biased because it's a kicker. So the position of kicker obviously has the running joke of it's the one job and it's a kickoff and kick field goals and extra points. That's it. That's your only job. You don't have to really be in shape. You don't have to be in condition, whatever. Um, but I'll use the same tactic as I did for uh, Armstrong. I'm going to say that maybe these two guys have a chip on their shoulder, Sam. Maybe they're excited. Um, there's been plenty, plenty, probably more than any position on the football field of kickers that have went undrafted or seventh-round picks that have ended up being great um, just due to the mere fact that it's not scouted as much as other positions and it's not really uh, that important when it comes to Finding that value unless you find somebody like a Janikowski that's going to be there for 15, 20 years for your team winning you games. So, um, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I guess we're getting a small school guy kicking field goals. I mean, if they if they get out of their head and they have the personality where they can say, look, all I'm doing is just looking at this ball, taking four steps and kicking it that away in between those goalposts and they can block out everything else, the stress, the pressure, the icing – the situations they're being paid if they can block those things out i don't think it matters where you're drafted yeah well you know and I, that's what the rest of these guys are hoping for too it didn't matter that they weren't drafted just a couple other things out there chris in terms of the undrafted free agents we'll go through these we're not going to spend a lot of time on these guys uh but i do think we are doing a service by letting everyone know who is actually on the miami dolphins roster so when you go to rookie mini camp and when you start going to training camp you look at these guys and go who is that number who is that guy uh, it'll be documented that we actually cover them here on the show. Uh, the next one I want to talk about is Lucas Gravel out of TCU. He's a long snapper, Chris. Um, probably the most solidified position on the Miami Dolphins. John Denny now has official competition from a young pup, Mr. Lucas Gravel. I don't know much about Lucas, but I know that his days in Miami are probably numbered because I don't think John Denny – look, the only way John Denny doesn't make this team is if Adam Gase goes to John Denny and says, hey, I've got a decision to make between you and Lucas. Where should we go? And John says, honestly, you should give it to Lucas. That's the only way is if John Denny ends right. up cutting, cutting himself. He's the longest-tenured Miami Dolphin that's out there. I almost bought a custom John Denny jersey the other day. You saw it, Chris. Yes. I was on the verge of spending $100 on a John freaking Denny jersey. Uh, does Lucas Gravel have an opportunity with the Miami Dolphins, or is he really just using the Dolphins uniform to try out for another team? 
Yeah, it, he has as much an opportunity to make the team as I do. <laughs> um, I mean, hey, stop the press. He had three special teams tackles last year uh, for TCU Corn Frogs. But yeah, I mean, he, he's just coming in probably the snap for the FIU FAU kicker uh, because John Denny doesn't want to do all the snapping. He has to save his triceps for the actual season. This guy's like 93 years old. He's not a young pup anymore. So yeah, he's just somebody to come in and really tag them out if uh for example sam we're wrestler wrestling fans so we always try to tie that into our show roman reigns maybe bum ankle from the great royal rumble and he has to be on tv but he doesn't want to work an entire 30 minute match they'll throw him in a tag team match with somebody like samoa joe or braun Strowman to let them kind of work the whole match uh and then they can come in for the big finish that's john denny he's just waiting for the hot tag and uh what's his name whoever you just said from tcu will not be on the miami dolphins <laughs> What's his name? I hope they put that on the back of the jersey during <laughs> training his camp. Name? Like a question mark too, yeah. and the coaches just kind of throw their hands up every time they call him in. They're like, "Who's going out there?" Yeah, we need Denny and what's his name. Get out there! You guys are gonna have a snap off. Um, and <laughs> speaking of another guy who may or may not be on the team, uh, Anthony Moten, defensive tackle out of Miami. Now you are a Miami fan, Miami Hurricanes fan. I am not. What are the chances of Anthony Moten making this Miami Dolphins defensive line? Yeah, he's uh he's one of we, the Miami Hurricanes had a very strong defensive line. I mean, like insanely strong as one of our forefronts uh, was that front seven there of our Miami defense. So he got some playing time. He was not a starter. He was a junior. He came out early. A lot of people think uh, big guy, six four, three hundred pounds. Uh, played local kid, played at St. Thomas Aquinas. So we got to bring him in uh, for the one of those uh, visits that didn't count for the 30. Um, he might be able to help. I mean, obviously we signed that guy um, from the Lions. Uh, recently, who was a starter last year and the year before, that's going to kind of take in uh, the New Dominican Sue's place with God Chow and Taylor and Phillips. So uh, it's kind of a packed room as far as defensive tackle goes. So he's definitely a practice squad opportunity guy. Now, speaking of another guy who's got an uphill battle, Mr. Jalen Davis, cornerback out of Utah State. Uh, you know, I actually saw some people online, Chris, saying that this might be the best prospect of our undrafted free agents. He's a young, he's a small guy. He's like five foot nine. Uh, but the guy plays well above his height. Uh, I, I don't think he's got a snowball's chance in hell of actually cracking this lineup uh, in terms of making the active roster. But I do think this is a guy, again, uh, when you look at maybe a year or two down the road and trying to restock the cupboards, having this guy uh, in your meeting room, on your practice field, and just knowing who he is and having tape, so to speak, of who he is, uh, is somebody you might be able to tap down the road and say, hey, Jalen Davis, uh, you're not doing much. We got an opening. Why don't you come, uh, why don't you come play for us for a little bit? Yeah, 5'10", 185, um, played in the Mountain West for Utah State. This is a guy that before the draft, Sam, there was a, I found a cool little thing online where the Washington Redskins, there was a forum, almost like a Finn's Heaven type place. Uh, really, there was a guy that wrote for them that was really wanting them to take this guy in the fifth round. Hmm. Um, because he is the all-American corner that no one is talking about. He's a California high school kid that didn't get a lot of offers, as we know, Sam, and anybody that really pays attention to football. When you play high school football in football uh, in Florida or California or Texas, uh, the cream rises to the top, but, man, there's a lot of cream. I mean, there is just a lot of great football players coming out of those states, so it's very easy to be – um, unnoticed or passed by when you should have been if you were like playing in somewhere like um, you know like a, a Virginia or a uh, Wyoming maybe you'd be noticed a little bit more as that same player the same stats the same type of uh, highlights but you won't get noticed in California because Jesus Christ I mean like the greatest players are coming from those states so um, he's a big name kid out of high school um, that really did well for where he was and went to Utah State he is small but he has a good twitch. Uh, he's very – he's got ball skills. He can really go up and get it. Um, this is somebody to watch. Uh, Sam, I'm calling it right now as an undrafted free agent, uh, just doing my research very minimally <laughs> as we do here at Perfect Bill on these undrafted guys. Uh, Jalen Davis is one of those guys that I think will be a fan favorite in preseason games and will be a fringe uh, roster situation spot right towards the very end of cutdown day. I really think he's going to be right there, basically hoping that he takes a spot. But I think you hit the nail on the head where I don't know if we have a spot for him. And it's not anything against him. We just are oddly deep at defensive back now all of a sudden. Yeah, look at you with your three-star review of Jalen Davis there. Mm -hmm. Good job. We're not and, just uh, all tongue-in-cheek. 
And speaking of a lot of cream, there's got to be a lot of cream at Florida Atlantic University because not only did we add Greg <laughs> Joseph, their kicker, we also brought in their running back, Buddy Howell, which to me sounds like a guy who's destined for failure uh, because you can't be a running back and have your first name be Buddy. That's not intimidating at all. That's a guy that, you know, uh, he's your buddy. He's your pal. He's your friend. So uh, he might be liked in the locker room, but I don't think he's going to be liked on the field by the fans. Buddy, Buddy Howe, what are your thoughts on a second undrafted free agent from FAU, Mr. Buddy Howe? Well, I'm going to go ahead and defend Buddy for a second because he's a good guy and he's another local kid. By the way, um, this is the second of three that you mentioned of undrafted free agents that are local South Florida kids that went to high school uh, and played down there in college as well. But his real name is actually Gregory, so Greg, but Buddy's the nickname and he's a junior. Um, But he majored in business management and accounting, so he's a smart kid for a running back. I'd love to take him on the team. And really cool, Sam, I'm going to go ahead and call it now, that he's going to do some fun things for us. So he has some speed, some size, uh, 6'1", 215, big, big, bulky, uh, running back, South Florida kid with awesome dreadlocks. So uh, everybody loves the dreadlocks. Yeah, I feel like he makes bad decisions, though, because when your name is Gregory, I agree that you should probably get a nickname because that's a terrible name. But the only name worse than that is Buddy. Like, who decides that they're going to hey, name buddy. Hey, Buddy. Like, well, yeah, Pauly Shore is your best friend. I don't know. Maybe understand. he's trying to sleep everybody off. They're like, his name's Buddy. How hard can he be to tackle? And then he runs you over. Yeah, that's a good that's reverse psychology, Sam. Yeah, maybe, but I always think of that old uh, cartoon from the or not cartoon, but commercial from the eighties about that little kid with his my buddy and me, my Ooh. buddy, my buddy, my buddy. That might be I had his one of those. Song. Blonde hair, blue hat, the overalls. I had one. You you just admitted to that? <laughs> yeah, I mean they're like the Cabbage Patch dolls of the eighties. I had those. Okay, but Cabbage Patch dolls were for girls, Chris. You're not supposed to admit right. that you My had them. My buddies are for boys. That's what I had. And then I graduated to the, I think they were almost called like Wrestle Buddies. And it was like Macho Man and uh, Hulk Hogan. And they made noises when you, you bent their arms, but they also doubled as pillows. So it was like a fucking win-win. <laughs> okay, but I, <laughs> my God. All right. You know, uh, TR sorry Sears. that I'm not sorry. I was a kid. Yeah. TR Sears has a point. You still have the wrestle, buddy. It's on your. It's, oh, I can man. see it. I'm watching the Probably video right a now. A lot of money. Yeah, until, got... until Hogan dropped the N word, then now it's worth nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. And what you gonna do when Hulkamania and the largest arms in the world run wild on you? <laughs> oh boy. Well, uh, speaking of things that are hoping to be worth some money someday, linebacker out of Michigan, Mike McRae. This seems like a pick to help Stephen Ross sleep at night. Uh, but this guy actually played pretty well last year. I think he's a uh, he's a sleeper to make this team. Seventy nine tackles, eleven for loss, four and a half sacks in his last season at Michigan. Uh, pretty much a two down back in my opinion, uh, as well as others. Uh, but I like this guy. He's big. He can hit. He can get downhill in a hurry. And uh, he, he has an opportunity here, Chris, I think, especially with our lighter, smaller linebackers uh, to fill a need as somebody who's big and can hit and, you know, a little bit lumbering. But this is a guy that a lot of people thought was going to get drafted. He did not get drafted and decided to sign with us. So uh, welcome aboard, Mike McRae. Yeah, smart on his part to sign with us. I think it's one of those things where uh, you don't get drafted. You kind of get the pick of the litter of the people that are offering you, and you look at the roster, and you say, hey, where can I maybe maybe get a job? And he looks at the Miami Dolphins, and he's looking directly at Chase Allen and Mike Hole, and he's saying, I can be better than one of those two guys. Yep. That's that's what he's doing. That's what he's trying to do. He's 6'1", 243, 32-inch uh, arms. Guy had a prospect grade of 5.36 on NFL.com pre-grade as a fifth to seventh round draft pick. He obviously went undrafted 4.7, slower than he wanted. But sometimes, Sam, and I can speak as a former linebacker, these straight line 40 speeds aren't exactly what you want to go for. You want to go for the short 20-yard burst, 10-yard burst, uh, cone drills, things like that. That's where they make their money is these guys – that um, need to make quick decisions, fill holes, and, and make tackles for losses. So as a middle linebacker, he is aiming for Chase Allen and Mike Hole's job. Those two guys need to be on notice. Yeah, any time your defensive uh, player is running 40 yards straight, it's not a good thing. There's a problem. You know what I mean? So you can almost throw that stat right out the window. I understand they're using it as like a baseline and for metrics and things of that nature, but a 40-yard dash on a linebacker, I'm not worried about it. I, I, maybe maybe the first 10 yards. Maybe, you know, that might be what I'm looking for. Yeah, especially uh, just, an inside linebacker. Exactly. I mean, at least the outside linebacker might be going to get a sweep or something or a screen play, but inside linebacker, you want him downhill within like a five to ten yard box to make a play. Yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking of somebody inside, this guy would actually play outside on the line. Uh, Claudie Matthew 
from Notre Dame College. Now, that's not Notre Dame like you were thinking of. This is uh, Notre Dame out of Ohio. There's something about defensive people in Ohio. Uh, I swear to God, did our uh, did our defensive coordinator only get college games from Ohio? He just <laughs> loves these Ohio defenders. But uh, 58 tackles, 14.5 for loss, 8.5 sacks last year. Uh, again, continuing the train of, uh, a trend of a good name. Claudie Matthew is, uh, is a name that I almost expect to hear for a poodle not necessarily a defensive end, but I love the fact that he's here and he's got a cool name. Uh, what do you got on Claudie Matthew? A two-time first-time uh, first-team All-MEC, uh, second team as a sophomore. This guy is six six two fifty. Sam, um, if he is one of those just blue chip guys that went under the radar and we got a steal out of this, we'd be talking about this for a long time. Notre Dame College obviously is not a big school. This is something no one's ever heard of, uh, but a cool name. And 6'6", 250, that's a body and a build where you put in your practice squad for a year or two, especially with the depth that we have at defensive end with Quinn and Harris and Branch and Wake, um, where he might be one of those guys. You get in a weight room, an NFL strength conditioning coach, Get them on our practice squad and some training camps, learning under those guys. And in one, two, three years, he might be somebody that can really fill out a roster spot for us and be something that like Derek Shelby was or Terrence Fade a few years ago, where they can come in and be some, um, you know, rest, get some, get the starters some rest and still uh, cause some distractions and, and, and disrupt some plays. So it's, it's a big body, big guy already at 6'6, 250. If you get him in an NFL strength and conditioning room, man, watch out. It's just somebody to watch. Yeah, I agree. And one of the things the Miami Dolphins have done, and it doesn't matter who is in charge in terms of the front office, they've always been able to develop uh, defensive ends and defensive tackles seemingly out of nowhere for those rotational pieces like you just mentioned. So uh, keep an eye on him. That's a guy that I think actually might have a shot here down the road. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, uh, another guy to maybe keep an eye on is defensive tackle Jamius Pittman. Uh, 13 sacks, 23 and a half tackles for loss in his college career at UCF. Uh, UCF is actually an underrated p- program for football. Uh, I don't know much about this guy, but uh, again, when it comes to rotational pieces, uh, we are looking to replace a big guy in, in Dominican Sue. We might have to do it with many, many people, many bodies that are rotating in and out of there. This might be a guy that sticks on the practice squad for a while and can develop over time. You got anything on uh, Mr. Pittman? Not much. I mean, UCF, another Florida kid. Um, this is somebody, like you said, uh, you got to get these guys out there and see what if they can play. God Chow and uh, Taylor, they, these guys weren't first-round picks. I mean, you get them out there and somebody had questions on them and things like that. There's a reason they fell. UCF was just constantly under uh, undervalued as a team last year. And uh, you look at Shaquem Griffin, who had one hand, of course, but he was also just a dominant, dominant player, and he fell very late in the draft. And a lot of that is because they played – uh, smaller schools at UCF are playing North Texas and FAU and FIU and things like that. So um, this guy can definitely be somebody that's a Florida, uh, Florida kid, uh, UCF, and he's from Georgia in high school. So yeah, bring him into the practice squad and let him push somebody and see if they can light a fire under them, which is a win-win, or they make the roster. Absolutely. we got a couple more here. David Steinmetz, offensive line out of Purdue. I don't know much about him, but actually heard some people online talking about him saying he actually is a very real prospect uh, for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, you can never have enough good linemen. Uh, we've learned that year in, year out when it comes to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, what are your thoughts on David Steinmetz? Does he, uh, has he got a shot for us here? Ringing endorsement from Chris Cullen on David Steinmetz. Moving on, you know I don't blame you, Chris. I, I did some research on David <laughs> Steinmetz, and all I've been able to find out is that he's six foot eight and three hundred and ten pounds. Like nobody's even—I don't even think his coach knew that he was on the team uh, before his college that he played for over there in Purdue. So uh, it, I, we obviously don't have high hopes for him. Um, Quincy Redmond, Edge, Fairmont State. Now this is an interesting thing. I've noticed this here, Chris, this year when it comes to. Uh, college is that used to have defensive ends and off and then outside linebackers and then you had the hybrid de slash olb but now they're just called edge like edge rushers that is the position that they play now kind of depending on if they're in a four three or three four uh quincy redmond uh, i believe he had 17 sacks in his career at fairmont state wherever the hell that is i don't know what state fairmont state is in but it's nowhere near perfectville uh what are your thoughts on quincy redmond if any Yeah, the only thing I got on this kid is that the one time he actually played a good amount of games was uh, in 2016, his junior year. He played 12 games, 
And that's when he stood out. He had 14 tackles for loss and 10 and a half sacks. Uh, before that, he obviously didn't play too much, uh, probably as a freshman and a sophomore, only one sack and three and a half sacks as a freshman and sophomore, respectively, and only two sacks in six games played as a senior. So obviously an injury or something stood out, uh, small school kid, but it, it's one of those just, you know, bring him in, see if he can uh, push somebody's buttons. And like you said, an edge rusher, guys like these, you want to bring in and see if these hybrids can do something. They can be fast. They can be quick. They can uh, be disruptive and maybe just play with a motor that you want from somebody, even just to help in preseason. Um, th- there are things that get really deep in the NFL, Sam, uh, with preseason. Say say you really want to see a defensive tackle and what he can do with somebody with a motor, a defensive end that can maybe eat up double team. You'll get a guy like this that maybe just has this crazy motor that's uh, pretty fast, quick off the ball, and it's going to force a double team in the third, fourth quarter of a fourth preseason game, and you're, you're, you're not even looking at him. Like You're not even worried about that guy. You just want him to eat that double team to see what this defensive tackle that's a fringe roster guy, what's he going to do? Is yeah. he going to be able to beat a one-on-one? Is he going to be able to get back there? And that's the do or die of making an actual uh, roster spot. So uh, you get these guys that can really fill in and still put pressure on the quarterback – uh, for the defensive backs, uh, also you know, pressure on the quarterback late in the preseason to really do some more scouting deep down. Yeah, we're talking about undrafted free agents. Obviously, we already talked exactly. about the draft picks here on the draft or math part two here on Perfectville. So uh, you're right. You take a flyer on a kid, and you, like you said, maybe use him to see how people next to him react. If you're really looking at somebody else, uh, what? Two more guys here, Chris. Uh, one more here on offense. Connor Hilland, guard out of William and Mary. You know, I heard some people say that this is the best prospect that we have in terms of undrafted free agents. And then hear others say that, you know, hey, he's a powerful guy, but he's really slow. He, he can't pull. Um, something about a guard that can't pull doesn't sound very appealing to me. Uh, you got anything on uh, Mr. Connor Hilland out of William & Mary? No, big kid, uh, 6'6", 300 pounds, uh, four-year starter uh, out of William & Mary, but... Um, this is really just a camp body to get in there and see if we can find something, a needle in the haystack with a guard. I don't think he's going to be an athletic Jamie Nails type that's going to pull around and lead block for a 15-yard sweep for Kenyon Drake, but he might be strong at the point of, point of attack, and uh, you need those mules in there, man, if you want to run a strong offense, uh, with fr- maybe with Frank Gore behind you. So, yeah, bring him in. Yeah, you know, and uh, another guy that we brought in, this is probably my favorite prospect that we have for the undrafted free agents, Chris. This is somebody that you and I have talked about before. Mr. Kason Collins, linebacker out of North Carolina, actually wore number 23 for North Carolina. Uh, there seems to be another guy from another sport who wore that number, and he turned out to be okay. Kason uh, Collins, 11 games last season, had 83 tackles, four and a half tackles for loss, two sacks for the Tar Heels. Uh, he seems to fit this this defense for me. I don't know what it is about him. Maybe it's because his name is Kason Collins, and it sounds really cool when you say it. Uh, but this is a guy that I have a lot of high hopes for, and I'm not exactly sure why, but I just like this guy. I think he's the right guy for this team. He seems happy to be here with Miami, and you always, again, almost like Quentin Poling, you root for those guys that seem like they want to be here, and he seems like he wants to be here. So uh, linebacker, North Carolina, Kason Collins. Yeah, I saw a lot of them as a University of Miami fan, played against them uh, every year in the ACC. This kid is 6'1", 230. It's your quintessential uh, uh, Roquan Smith and, and Baker, who we got in the second round, uh, or third round, I'm sorry. Um, this guy is somebody that I think was unfairly undrafted. I mean, he's a good player. This kid is a really good player. Uh, 83 tackles, very athletic, gets around the field. Uh, like you said, where's number 23 almost looks like a strong safety out there. He's got the good build. He's he's fast, and he can make plays. And you put a guy like that that's played in the ACC with a pretty good North Carolina football team. I mean, they have been in the conversation for the ACC Coastal Division uh, year in and year out uh, for the last four or five years now. They've really turned that program around. It's not just a basketball school, and he's one of the reasons for that. And all of a sudden, you look at him and tell him he's undrafted, that no team, 32 teams, seven rounds of worth of picks – wasn't worth to take a flyer on this guy and he signed with us once again just like the kid that we talked about prior you look at this roster and you're like okay Miami Dolphins obviously are short on linebackers this is my team to jump in and earn a roster spot this kid is gonna be flying the fuck around in training camp and preseason watch out for this kid I agree with you 100% Sam Kason Collins is somebody to really watch out for and could really surprise people and make a roster spot for this team would you say he has a chip on his shoulder Chris 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's a common theme of the undrafted and late round picks. Um, you you want those guys, and and you hope. And I think Adam Gase and and Tannenbaum and Greer did a really good job of getting guys from small schools and sprinkled in a little big school guys too. Where you got um, the Southern Miss and you got the William and Mary, but you also get this kid from North Carolina and somebody from Purdue that's played with uh, you know in the Big Ten and the ACC, and they have these chips on their shoulders, of course, from small schools or from big schools, both now in the same predicament where everybody passed on them and now they're fighting for their lives and their nfl futures and careers and that sometimes sometimes turns out really great football players well we have a lot of guys who seemingly have a lot of chips on their shoulders which is good because uh when you eat chips chips. yeah i like chips too and i really like chips when you have them with a nice sandwich which leads us to our last free agent signing here that we're going to talk about today not a rookie but when he was a rookie uh, he actually was a sandwich, so it makes sense to have all these chips to compliment him. And, of course, we're talking about former New York Jets quarterback Bryce Petty, who famously was sandwiched between Cameron Wake and Ndamukong Sue against the, Je- or against the, yeah, against the uh, Jets a couple of years ago. It is an iconic gif. It is an iconic uh, picture, something that even at the time, Chris, if you were to go back and listen to that episode of Perfect Well, we even said, hey, we really like Bryce Petty as a person because he seems to get it. He was t- making jokes out of – you know about himself uh he is now signed with the miami dolphins some people freaked out i don't understand why people are freaking out uh <laughs> he, he might be a camp body or maybe he's got something there that we can exploit even if it's just his knowledge of the jets playbook what are your thoughts on bryce petty joining the miami dolphins and what are your thoughts on him uh talking about cam wake and how he still has nightmares about cam wake uh, all these years later yeah i think it's really cool that he he plays along with that man like he he totally is just like um he, he mentioned how he his dreams about it and and thinks about it and makes jokes about it obviously he knows he was a viral meme and it was just cool that he talked about it no big deal um as a former jet of course we're gonna sit there and just shit on him and laugh about it but um there's a point in time sam where that team thought this kid might possibly be their future and now this is new york jets so obviously they're not uh the greatest franchise to base that kind of uh decision making on but if they thought that then maybe they think he's a better um better than a backup option that we have right now in Brock Osweiler. Who knows? I mean, he's a young guy from Baylor University. Um, we bring him in. He's 26 years old. He's 6'3", 230. People freaking out about him. He's a former fourth-round pick. Just to sign him for no big deal and no reason. Um, I mean, why not? Why not? Bring him in. He's a two-time Big 12 champion. Um, I would bring this kid in. Just look, see what he can do, see if he can sling it. If Adam Gase is the quarterback whisperer, as we really think, maybe he's the future Ryan Tannehill backup for the rest of his career. Who knows? It's not a big deal. He's not going to be pressing for starting time. Calm down. Yeah, I actually like him better than Brock Osweiler, to be honest with you. And I, too. I wasn't terribly upset about the Brock Osweiler signing either because, let's face it, if Ryan Tannehill is not playing quarterback during the regular season for the Miami Dolphins, we're screwed anyways. It is a quarterback-driven right. league. He's not the best quarterback in the league, but Ryan Tannehill is better than any of the other options that we've been able to trot out there behind him. Uh, so, look, if we don't have Ryan Tannehill, uh, who cares whether it's Brock Osweiler, Bryce Petty, or somebody else at this point? And David Fails, who cares? Uh, we're going to fail if we don't have Ryan Tannehill out there. So, sure, why not? Bring him in. See what you can figure out about the Jets playbook. Uh, I imagine it's three pages long, uh, knowing their <laughs> head coach, and there's probably a bunch of scribbles that are outside the lines. It's really just a coloring book. But still, he can show us what that coloring book was. Um, and you know what? I, honestly, if there's a local sandwich shop out of Miami, somebody give Bryce Petty a local endorsement deal for sandwiches, please. He deserves it. He's earned it. That guy uh, got crushed by Ndamukong Sue and Cameron Wake. And speaking of Cameron Wake here, Chris, uh, one of the last things I did want to mention, you actually brought it up to me during our extensively long pre-production meeting here um apparently the nfl is still doing their top 100 players thing which i've never watched but you know it's out there and uh i was surprised actually pleasantly that cameron wake was number 74 on the list of top 100 players in the nfl uh what are your thoughts on that i love it that means his peers young guys i mean he's he's an older vet now uh young guys still have the respect um, and we have not been a great team, Sam. All, everybody listening to this show knows it. Uh, last time we went to the playoffs prior to 2016 was 2008. So there's just multiple batches of rookies and, and vets that are in this league that don't even remember the Dolphins being relevant. We we're just one of those laughable teams on the schedule. But one player always stood out, and that was Cam Wake. So the Kraken himself being respected and recognized by his peers, I think, is uh, awesome. 
like you said, it, it's fantastic. It's very well appreciated and, and, and unexpected as a fan. But I'm glad to see the national uh, the national respect for this guy because we've watched him. Of course, we all wish he had multiple rings as we do Jason Taylor, as we do Zach Thomas. Um, he has just fought hard for this team. He's in shape. He he fights through double teams, triple teams his entire career because they've known about this guy for many years, and he's still doing what he's doing at this age. He is just a gem and somebody we're going to look back on and wish that we took better advantage of his prime but it's awesome to see that Cam Wake is respected by his peers. Yeah, one of the only guys I have an actual jersey for, Mr. Cameron Wake. And you know what I was thinking about Bryce Petty, Cameron Wake? And Ndamukong Sue is a June 1st cut, correct? Right. So technically, he's still on the Miami Dolphins. I would like for the Miami Dolphins between now and June 1st to make all the veterans come to the facility and check out their lockers. And I really hope they put Bryce Petty's locker in between <laughs> Indomitian Sioux and Cameron Wake just for the photo if, op. If that's not sponsored by Miami subs, then there's nothing right in this world. Absolutely not. And he is a sub. He's going to be a sub for Ryan Tannehill, perhaps. So uh, there it is. There There's his Miami subs. Miami subs. I'm a South Florida kid, so Miami subs is great French fries. I love their subs. Um, if they miss out on this opportunity to sponsor this and do something funny with Bryce Petty, which obviously has a humorous bone in his body and he's joking about it. Um, if they do jump on board and do this, I want to cut of that. Yeah, and you know what? If you guys don't jump on board, we'll take his ass right over to Biscuitville and we'll get him a goddamn <laughs> endorsement if we need to. Bryce Petty endorsing Biscuitville because his entire interns, his entire inners were actually biscuits after he got nailed by Cam Wake <laughs> and Tom Gonsu. Sam, we passed by Biscuitville the other day, and Zachary, my ten-year-old son, is in the back seat, and we passed by, and I said, "Oh, look, there's Biscuitville. They're redoing the uh, the building. They had like all these scaffolding outside. They're painting it and stuff." And Zachary goes, "Hey, um, you should take a picture of that and send that to Sam." And I was like, I should, but I'm driving. That's dangerous. And then he said, wait, did you guys get your name from that place? <laughs> <laughs> Ten years old. Like, dead serious. Didn't listen to my podcast. Like, he heard me talking about it here or there. That's why he mentioned it. But the fact that he dead serious was like, wait, holy shit, Biscuitville, perfect. Did you guys get your show name from that? Like, he was dead serious. I, I almost drove off the road laughing. It was hilarious. Well, Zach, if you're listening, let me uh, set the record straight. We absolutely stole this from Biscuitville. That is where <laughs> we got this name. It has Love nothing to do with had nothing to do with Mercury Morris. Had nothing to do with the 1972 Dolphins. It is Biscuitville, Perfectville, one and the same. We love them, uh, Chris. Anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here on the Drafter Math Part Two? That's it. Now to the off season. To the off season. Here's hoping we get a bunch of three star and five star counter reviews. And I want to see citizens fight, man. I want to see pitchforks. I want to see uh, flaming torches. I want to see civil unrest in the town of Perfectville between TR Sears and everyone else. Uh, thank you guys for listening, as always. The poor bastard. The poor bastard. But uh, we love him. We hate him and we love him all at the same time. Uh, and now on to the offseason. We'll be back shortly with episode 103. We're not sure what it will be about, but we will be back. Uh, but until then, goodbye from Perfectville. Later. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube